Hello, everybody. Today we have another brilliant interview with the one and only co-founder and president of that game company, Kelly Santiago. Hello. Hello. Am I saying your surname right? Yes. Yes, brilliant. Okay. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Yeah, we've been struggling with it on the podcast. I, I said Santiago, I think. Santiago. San- yeah. Santiago. It's oh, confusing. yeah. Sa- Santiago, like the capital Santiago. of Chile. Ah. Oh, wicked. Okay, let's go for that then. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. That's all right. That's all right. So, if Zippy would like to kick off the questions. Um, so, as I'm sure you know, we submitted, um, or we asked for some questions from the uh, VGVO community in, in particular, and um, pretty much immediately we got six from this one guy, uh, Plank Fan. His cool. first question is. Uh, how long before the PS3's release was Flow in the works? Ah, so Flow started as a MFA thesis project of Genova Chen. And he did research all through our last year um, in the program, which was 2005 to 2006. But the development of the Flash game that you can play online was maybe two, two and a half months um, in the, in the spring semester of 2006. So we had the Flash prototype already done. It was online um, before we uh, started pitching to publishers. Oh, cool. I wasn't aware of a uh, Flash prototype. Oh, neither was I. Oh, really? Yeah. If you, uh, if you Google Flow Game, it'll come up. I think actually if you just Google Flow, it'll come up pretty <laughs> pretty quickly too, but you'll see. Welcome, welcome to Flow and Games, and that's that's Genova's thesis project. You can also read his research paper there that went alongside the uh, the prototype as well, because it was about applying uh, flow theory, which was um, a theory developed by uh, this guy Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi, um, who researched human psychology and basically how people get into their zones. Like he interviewed people all over the world. He discovered that. Um, despite contrary feelings we may have at any given moment that above all else people really want to be happy Mm. and then he interviewed people who sort of get into zen states like surfers or surgeons or sort of engage in these activities and certainly we've we've experienced it with video games at times um, where you're just totally in the zone and and he identified these qualities which are like you lose track of time you you know don't pay attention to maybe your your human needs as much. You stop sort of eating and you forget um, the passage of time um, and sort of the qualities of those experiences. And um, the Flash game, which then became the PlayStation 3 game, was developed to try and apply these principles of flow into a game to make these unique games that we were trying to make more accessible and more appealing to like a wider variety of people. Um, and basically, Genova's conclusion was that through the core mechanics of the game, if you allow the player to determine their own experience, then it allows them, in a cheap way, getting uh, to get into their, their own zone. And I say cheap because there have been a lot of experiments on how a video game can tell what kind of player you are, you know, responding to your actions. And it's just still in progress. I mean, there hasn't really been a lot of successful experiments in that, in that realm. 
Mm. Um, and so in flow, you have this really simple action of eating food. And through eating, you determine if you're going to have a competitive experience. You know, you eat the blue food to go, um, or the red food to go down into harder levels or the blue food to go up and stay in easier levels. Um, and, you know, Grand Theft Auto actually applies the same philosophy. I don't know if they do consciously or not, but through the act of driving, you get determined if you want a casual experience, if you want the mission-based experience, if you want a hardcore experience and just, you know, rank up your star rating and, like, right. have everyone come after you. Um, so yeah. so it's been applied in, in a lot of games. Very cool. Nice. That's a, like the that. long answer. To play. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we like to hear. Um, Another question. Uh, how long after Flow's release did you start development on Flower? We went immediately into developing Flower. Um, so right after Flow was finished, um, we started concepting, do, doing little concepts, gathering art, um, creating small prototypes around this idea of creating a game that gave you the feeling of being immersed in nature basically immersed in a flower field specifically um and it was pretty much exactly two years from from that point i mean it's two years in between the release of flow to the the release of flower so that was about our entire experience of it from beginning to end right nice now i absolutely love flower it's probably one of my yeah, it's I would say it's my favourite PSN title easily by by a long shot. Um, oh, thanks a lot. Oh, that's all right. Well, thank you very much for making it. Uh, <laughs> oh, our and, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what gave you the idea to create such an obscure title such as Flower? <laughs> well, Genova Chin as our creative director is really the the that that source of inspiration, um, and he had. He, he had gotten inspired to create this sort of experience um, because he, he moved to Los Angeles, which is where we're located, from Shanghai. So Shanghai is an extreme metropolitan area. And in comparison, Los Angeles um, was much more rural, um, especially the state of California as a whole. And he was really blown away by these huge expanses of nature, which he had really never been exposed to before. Um, and even the windmills that you see in the game, you'll see them driving from Los Angeles to San Francisco or Los Angeles to Palm Springs. They're everywhere. Um, and he really wanted to give this experience to people who live in urban environments, which is more and more of us these days, and sort of a, give them a, a place to escape to, like a, a backyard garden that they can go to through their PlayStation 3. And that was the impetus of the idea. As it grew, um, he realized that being just out in nature um, is, can kind of get lonely after a while. And you sort of miss the, con the, the contact with people and and machinery and humanity that you get in a city. And so then sort of more in the concepting and the prototyping, um, they started placing the like a city off in the distance or a house here or sort of these elements of humanity so it wouldn't feel just so sterile or so lonely when you're out there. And that's sort of how it evolved into a game. What I think of is really being about a balance between opposites. We kind of say flower um, is life in balance. So about creating harmony between 
the opposites, the total opposites that you're presented with at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. which is this sort of wilted flower on a windowsill in a gritty urban apartment and then this really serene natural landscape. And as you move through the great game, they start becoming more um, united and more there's more harmony created between them. Yeah, it it does seem as you as you play more of it to be to you know, a lot it's very deep and, you know, look it it is obvious that a lot has been taken into consideration. Especially I think when you start each level it shows well, especially with the first one, there's it's sort of zooming slowly out of a city, and then there's lots of cars driving up and down this road, and it's all very busy and lots of noise and stuff. Uh, and then, you know, the 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 soundtrack kicks off, and you're just you're a little little petal in this in this field, and it's it's just totally different, and it just well, it just says a lot, really, doesn't it? Mm. Well, thanks a lot. We thought of it as a video game version of a haiku. And presenting the player with these images, but not necessarily explaining their relationship to each other. And it was especially really hard before the game came out because we didn't want to say so much about the game that it would affect the way people interpret it. We really want players to come to the game and bring their own perspective and their own interpretations to it. I mean, I think that's where we really see a lot of the magic happening in it. Um, and Sony was really great in collaborating with us and trying to figure out, you know, how we could talk about the game to do the necessary sort of promotion to make sure people knew it was coming out, but still yeah. sort of back off from saying, yes, it's six, you know, so many levels and this uh, many hours of gameplay and you know, sort of the more traditional yeah. ways you talk about video games. Yeah, I thought in uh, that aspect it was pretty cool because... I mean, when I first saw, like, footage of the game, I was like, oh, so you just control the wind. That's cool and all. Um, I'll probably pick it up. But then when I got my hands on it, you know, you kind of felt a connection to the wind in a way. And you almost felt you had a relationship <laughs> with it. And uh, you were kind of rooting rooting for it, as it were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I don't know if that was just yeah. me. I love that. Or- it's a little bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just, you know, uh, Robin Hunnicky was just out in Nottingham for the Game City event, and she was uh, sort of performing Flower. She was playing through it as it was projected on these giant um, sheets hanging from the the ceiling of um, an old arcade building. And she said she heard uh, one of the men st- standing near her saying, um, I'm a guy. I'm, I'm not supposed to cry at video games, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's just, you've made something very powerful, obviously. Mm. Oh, things. I mean, you just, we really never know. I mean, we have play tests, but we really don't know how things are going to turn out until until we release them to the public at large. And so it's just been super motivating and validating to hear such positive feedback from people. So I really, yep. I really appreciate hearing it from the, from players. Hopefully in a, not such an awkward way. Like I expressed it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it all. I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's cool that it elicits sort of, different reactions or you know that you talk about it differently than you would talk about your reaction to call of duty you know <laughs> i think that's really cool yeah i mean it's really hard to do given that it's not an actual physical character that you're seeing like um 
like mm-hmm. a human that you can relate to. So mm-hmm. that was certainly one of the design challenges. Um, did you think that your games would be as a big success as they they have been? You like to say that 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 you did think that. I mean, there's there's certainly a part of us that when um, when we came. I mean, one of the reasons we had this three game deal with Sony Santa Monica to develop for PlayStation Network, I think, is because when Genova and I came into pitch. You know, usually you come into your a, a game and you talk about the game itself. Well, we had this sort of 15-minute intro of our presentation, which is about how we were going to change um, the you know change the video game industry. Like we were just going to we saw all these problems with it, and how we what we were going to do. Um, so we definitely came in, I think, as a little like uh, cocky, you know, grad students who were just about to change the world. Um, Thankfully, the people at Sony Santa Monica sort of really got that. They were really excited about it, um, and they gave us the free reins to do what we wanted to do. So, yeah, I mean, so so we definitely felt like we were starting a company that we felt could be commercially successful. You know, we, we didn't start a company to do crazy games that we weren't, we just didn't know. We really felt like there was a market out there that people would be into different kind of games, that people wanted them, that they just had gotten fatigue from sort of the same games over and over again. But certainly there's still an element of experimentation because we, we do make games that aren't like games that have been made before. And so you're, you're just not 100% sure. You know, there's no marketing model for for what we do. Um, and so it, it has been just just really amazing. Um, it's not only that we have found a lot of players um, for Flow and Flower, but that they've been coming out in like record-breaking numbers you know yeah i I imagine the game sold really well did they like uh yeah they've they've both done done very well um and have been in um i think the flower flower has been in the top 20 here as of last week um which is pretty amazing because it came out in february Mm. um yeah because i mean uh a lot of people uh, like personally, I invited a friend round um, to look at the game, and he actually ended up buying a PS3 um, just for that. So, wow. um, it's easy wow. to see how people can be persuaded to uh, to buy a system just because of an awesome game like this. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I know it's the ten dollar killer app. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I keep telling them. <laughs> <laughs> It's like show them Killzone or Uncharted, and they say, "Oh, yeah, we've got something like this." But you know, the Xbox really doesn't have anything like this, and uh, I think that's really cool. But they couldn't do anything like this because they don't have the six axis. <gasps> it's true. <laughs> there we go. Maybe Project Natal will save everything, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. At the moment, it's just a, it's just an eye toy. <laughs> yeah, we all know how the iToy has been doing. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know they've been really promoting a, a, promoting it a lot, and it's not even out yet. So yeah. So how are you guys so damn good at the sex axes? <laughs> I saw that. That was really that's a really flattering question. We appreciate it. Um, I think it just made made sense for Flower. I mean, I think we. Uh, as a team, of course, we're, Flower was seven people, so and Flow was oh, wow. four. 
Um, so we really limited resources and one of the ways we try, probably the main way we try and leverage those resources is that we try not to do anything half-ass and we, we, uh, we pick a very limited number of features to focus on so we can make those features really good, you know, so we don't try and make, um, crappy online multiplayer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's another reason to not do games like other studios too, because there's so many other studios doing action adventure games. Right. And so, and they have far more resources than we do. So we could never compete. And as a business, you do want to remain competitive. So that, that's how we remain competitive is we just pick a couple of things and we focus on them. Um, so when it comes to the six asses, I think, I think in some of the other games that it's been in, it has been sort of a, a one, one component of a larger game with many features, you know, whereas there is no other way to control flower. I mean, that's the only way to do it. Mm, yeah. And I think certainly the, the, the core mechanic of the game, like flying around as wind, you don't need extreme position. Um, precision for that you know hitting the flowers we try to make it very simple so that you don't feel frustrated when you're moving the controller around um so in general i just think that it's sort of it goes hand in hand the control is the center of a gameplay experience um and for flower we started with six axis and it was all it was six axis the whole way so i think that that really helped it feel more organic to the experience. It certainly worked. I'm really happy that people <laughs> like it. And we, we had tried it on Flow, and it worked to some success. I mean, some people, especially if you play inverted, um, it took a while. Like it took a while to get into the Flow control. Um, but we had had that experience to build upon as well. There have been some appalling interpretations of the six axis, though. <laughs> really <laughs> rubbish ones. Well, I mean, it's, it's like when we talk about these motion tracking, you know, the new motion tracking devices, even. Um, I remember people people uh, after this last E3 when uh, when sort of all the studios were talking about it were saying, well, how are you going to do a first-person shooter with that? Well, you probably shouldn't do a first-person shooter with that because the controls wouldn't make sense. They wouldn't feel right. Um, but the thing is with new controllers is that they allow for new gameplay types and new genres to emerge that we haven't seen before because we've been limited to this thing in our hand with, you know, so many buttons. Um, so, so that's sort of the way to think I would sort of recommend to any designers interested in new controller um, technologies is sort of more the, the direction you should be thinking in. It's like, what new types of games can you do with that? Sure. Not yeah. how can you do the same types of games, but with this new weird thing. <laughs> okay, so the, the final question that Plank fans sent in is, is there anything in the works for the PlayStation? Um, yeah, right now we are working on our third project. Um, and that's really all I can say about it, unfortunately. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's us, so it's going to be different. <laughs> Does it have six axes? Um, Answer that. Hmm. 
Does it have six axes? I can't really answer that. Right. Does it not have six axes? Is it a (laughs) first-person shooter? It may or may not have six axes. And it is probably not a first-person shooter. (laughs) (laughs) When are you looking at uh, releasing this or saying more about it? Oh, oh, whenever you're thinking of saying more about it, definitely next year we'll be talking more about it. Awesome. Very cool. I look forward to that. Yeah, Um, we look forward to talking about it. We like getting feedback from people really early in the process. So this part where we have to be secret just like kills us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But if you ever need any help, we'll be happy to to lend out. We'll we'll take one for the team and, and lend our hands maybe. Oh, definitely. If you're ever in Los Angeles, we do playtests every other week. So we are always oh. looking for playtesters <laughs> because we go through them really quickly. It's a bit of a trek, but I'm sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. <laughs> um, okay, we have some more questions here. These are actually from uh, my sister, Katrina, who is, um, I think she must be 20 now. So I think that's a bit of an interesting uh, age. Know how old she is? Well, I mean, um, I want to put it in p- into perspective, you know. Right. It's not a question coming from, like, a three-year-old. Um, gotcha. Anyway, uh, her first question is, do you guys have anything planned for the PSP? Um, she's actually planning to get a PSP Go of her own in the new year, and she was a huge fan of uh, Flower on the PS3. Um, it's actually her favorite game on the console, so... Mm-hmm. Well, we do already have um, Flow is available for download on play- on PlayStation Portable on the PSP. So cool. that's all we have right now. I'll uh, let her know. Yeah. Um, and pretty much to follow that up, uh, if you're not making anything now, would you consider making something on the PSP in the future? Uh, definitely. I mean, I'm really excited to see like how... Um, uh, gamers react to the the PSP Go um, because it definitely uh, compared to the other portable game options. You know, the, the PSP one of its main criticisms was sort of like how fancy and big it was. It's like you sort of almost didn't want to take it out because it's just so beautiful <laughs> and so so untouchable in this in this gorgeous way. Um, and uh, and I think the PSP Go um, is definitely taking a turn towards the more more accessible. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how players react to it. Yeah, and I suppose if you if you did consider it, it would probably be a lot easier now that uh, obviously with the Go, the you don't have to mass produce it on UMD. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm. We try and stay away from discs. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> Um, this is a question. F- well, yeah, this is a question from Rio Starwind, and he says, "How did you come up with the unique art style that both games have? They both have a unique look to them. With Flow, it has the neon look, and Flower has a more realistic style. Thanks for making these great games." Oh wow! Thanks a lot. Wait, was there a question in there? Or was that- <laughs> <laughs> what? How did you come up with the unique art style that both games have? <laughs> He got so distracted by the flattery at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he kind of answered both questions anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we just really take a, pro- a holistic approach. Um, I think more and more Genova sees himself as not necessarily a game designer, but a designer of experiences. Um, and it's a really important 
part of our process to sort of bring every element of the game up to the same level because we really see them all just necessarily like intertwined with each other. So the visuals, the audio, and the gameplay all work together in this very tight way. And if you had flow without those sound effects, it just would actually be a completely different experience. If it was different art direction, it would be a completely different experience. So um, we really start from that place. uh, Traditionally in games, um, people, game designers often start with a mechanic, like, oh, this would be cool to do. Um, It would be really neat if you could go back and forth um, in time and multiply yourself. Um, and then, and then it's sort of like, well, then how can I make ter- take this mechanic and turn it into an entire game, um, as opposed to sort of a holistic approach to it? Of this is a, this is a kind of experience, this is a kind of story I want to tell, the emotion I want to evoke, or whatever sort of that creative starting point is, and then you bring everything together. So I think that's why our game sort of looks so so unique, is because the emotion we start with is so unique. You know, we always use this example of, like, um, every racing game, the message of the game is to uh, drive your car and win the race. That's the, that's the core statement that every single racing game ever is, is making. Um, you know, if you just change that to, instead, a game about loving and taking care of your car, then, you know, no matter what that game is, it's going to be fundamentally different than all the other games that involve cars. Mm. I'd like to see Need for Speed do that. <laughs> really neat. We were talking about like a cross-country trip um, sort of a game. You know, yeah. you to, like just enjoy that cross-country experience. And or just driving. Fun. Yeah, exactly. Like, what's the joy of driving? It'd be very relaxing, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, a question from Bill Skate, who asks, except for your games, what is your favorite game you've played this year? Uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Ooh, very down. nice. Would have been the best game I played this year. Oh my god, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, it was just really. Um, I mean, before that game, I was certainly told you it's one of the many incredible games that came out from the indie game development community this year. Um, like t- Today I Die from Daniel Van Mergi or Osmos from Hemisphere Games. And those were really just both um, stunning experiences. Um, yeah. But uh, the Batman Arkham Asylum was just like incredibly, again, I guess what I really responded to is that it felt like a really holistic experience the 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 actions i were was doing the music the sound effects the characters the plot everything really was bring all to bring me into feeling like i was batman mm. um and just in a way that i had never experienced before i just thought it was incredible cool nice there's not been too many good uh, batman games in the past either so that made no it even more superhero good. games <laughs> It was definitely not a saturated market. <laughs> High quality. <laughs> <laughs> Next up. Oh, that's Simon. Simon. Next Wake question up. from um, Tears of Ash. Well, it's not so much a question as it is a statement of fact. He says, I don't have a question. 
I just wanted to tell them that I loved their Little Big Planet level. Oh yeah, you know that was actually fan created, so I can't say create credit for that, but I, <laughs> I totally agree. It's awesome. There are a couple flower levels um, if you look them up in Little Big Planet that are all pretty awesome. I will have to do that. I'm I'm not aware of this. I will have to. Go and yeah, check so them I think it's like yeah. There's a that game company level, and then there are a number of ones called Flower. Um, check nice. them out. All fan created. <laughs> okay. Um, next question. Does that game company want to do anything besides PSN titles? Well, got a lot of creative personalities around here. I'll say that. <laughs> Who dream um, in a large spectrum of possibilities of games. Um and certainly one of our goals is to reach as many players as possible. And we're, we've had a really great um, collaboration with Sony. I don't think any other publisher would have allowed us to get away with making Flow and Flower at the time that we did. Um, mm. and, uh, and so we hope to continue um, continue collaborating with them um but certainly i mean there's just like so much exciting technology coming out that um that genova is is uh not short of ideas (laughs) good good um so another question how did you guys come up with the name that game company uh so for our student game cloud, which was the thing that sort of put us on the map and got Genova and I thinking about creating a studio to make games like that, um, we were trying to figure out a URL. And I think cloud game had been taken or like cloud.com or something had been taken. And so we're thinking of like what the other um, other URLs that we could choose that would be really easy uh, to remember. And... Bing Gordon was one of the faculty advisors on the project. He was uh, he was one of the founders of Electronic Arts, oh. and he kept referring to um, Katamari Damacy at that time as that garbage game. <laughs> and we just sort of picked it up, and we we said, "Hey, let's do that cloud game." You know, we ran with that. Um, also, thinking that when people thought of it after seeing it like at um, Independent Game Festival or something like that. Be like, what was that? What was that cloud, you know, that cloud-like game or whatever? So so that's what we went with. So then, flash forward to Genova and I trying to think of a company name. And my brother texts me and uh, says, what are you up to? And I'm like, oh, we're, we're just really racking our band. We can't think of a name for the company. And he, he jokingly says, oh, that, that game company. And it just stuck. We were like, we can't think of anything better. <laughs> and so that became it. That's oh. pretty special. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, we were actually going to ask you about cloud because uh, I don't think we were previously aware of it until uh, we had a look on your website and we watched a couple of videos for it. It does look very interesting, but we, we're not really sure what you're, what you're supposed to do. Well, it's still available for download for free from that cloudgame.com. Um, it's a PC game, and you need a, a three-button mouse, you know, one with a scroll wheel in order oh, to right. play. Um, and the goal was to create a game. That, I mean, this was 
it's so funny to think of it because we're just like this was at a time when we just really were wondering if we could sort of apply these theories we've been applying in academia to uh, actual video game development you know could you really make a game that was about something else than what games typically are about and would that be commercially successful like would people really want to play a game like that um and we hit upon this feeling of of remembering what it's like to be a child daydreaming you know looking at the sky and yep. this story evolved of this this kid who's kind of stuck in a hospital he's sick and so he daydreams that he's outside flying in the sky and flying with clouds um and um and so when you play it just remember that it was our student game so it's not the most perfect in its controls (laughs) (laughs) um but despite that, it just really resonated with people. I mean, of course, we were a student team, so it's not like we were marketing the game or anything. We just made it available <laughs> for download um, yeah. at the time of um, the Independent Game Festival and the uh, and, and another a couple indie festivals that were happening here. And nice. it just really took off virally, and that's what really inspired Genova and I to think, hey, actually, maybe we could keep making these types of games and do that as our job. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing previously then? Uh, we were grad students, and nice. I, was, I had been working actually at a motion capture studio because um, I came from theater. Uh, that was my undergraduate degree was in theater, and I, I came to the USC Interactive Media Program from a perspective um, of performance and how to incorporate interactive media and live performance. Um, but it was there at the school that I got really inspired by a number of the faculty members to to create video games and really saw what untapped potential there is in, in video games as a medium. And, mm. and we really are at, at just the the birth of it uh and it's just awesome i mean how many how many generations get to witness the birth of a new medium yeah nice mm-hmm. um would you guys ever consider creating a psp mini create a psp mini yeah oh do you know what that is should i explain i, I don't know what that is um, basically, I think when the PSP Go launched, they announced these things called PSP Minis, which were like uh, tiny budget titles. And I think the limit was, how much was it? Was it, how many ten, megabytes was it? Ten, isn't it? Ten. Ten. And then like tiny little games like Tetris and things like that that people are making and, uh, and publishing to Sony. So they're, so they're basically like tiny little mini games that, you know. Oh. They're a bit like iPhone ads, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. A bit like that. Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's confirmed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds really neat. <laughs> You're going to have to go and look up those now. <laughs> yeah, I will. They don't tell us much here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, would you ever con- consider supporting um, downloadable content for your titles at the moment? Well, there was the expansion pack for Flow. Um, and for Flower, it's really hard because we really created it as a single experience. There's nothing, there, there's nothing missing from that game. You know, we can't imagine altering it. It was really, it's really a kind of a very linear experience in that way. Um, at the same time, 
it kind of sucks to like just have it hanging out there and, and uh, you know i definitely feel like from our fans that they would they would love some additional content so yeah right now there are no plans but it's definitely not ruled out because we um really want to support our fans because they're the reason we keep doing this so you wouldn't consider doing a flower two or something even if it was exactly the same and didn't get very good review scores just like uh <laughs> just like Logan roco two didn't get very good review scores but Fans loved it because it I was just more it of the same. Did, didn't it? Oh, really? I think I uh, was pretty. Uh, don't question me on this stuff. <laughs> uh, I will say we we definitely um, feel more validated by our sales figures than we do by any sort of critic score um, because the sales figures tells you, you know, our people, our players into it um, yeah. a, a critic score is just someone an individual's opinion um so it's really hard to get wrapped up too much in yeah i mean i guess it's easy to get wrapped up in that and what and that's kind of what i don't want to happen to us because <laughs> uh, you can't really control their opinions um so well we, we definitely don't create anything like i was saying half ass so so i guess that's always our our problem when we think about downloadable content because then it's it quickly sort of grows to this place that's not appropriate for downloadable content anymore <laughs> because we need we really um we really at the core of one of our design philosophies is that we want to create meaningful game content meaningful experiences to players so so you know you'll never see some some just like per yeah, or yeah. microtransaction sort of like right. buy a upgrade sort of thing if we don't think it's really um, a meaningful addition to the player we we really respect our players money and their time and we don't want to waste either one of them she's sure. very very generous of you. <clears throat> I hope so. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we recently talked to Duncan Flett of Q Games. Um, they're the creators of the Pixel Junk series. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about how it was a pretty cool idea to release the soundtrack to, um, or the game in question was Eden, mm-hmm. um, on the PSN. Would... Uh, that game company consider doing this for any of your games. I personally loved the music in Flower uh, particularly and would like to get the full soundtrack. Oh yeah, definitely. And I would love for you to have the full soundtrack. Um, Pixel, the uh, Q game uh, relationship with Sony is that they're an independent developer um, that's published through Sony. Whereas we're, we actually are completely funded by Sony in our development Um, why I'm bringing this up now is because that means Sony is the one that owns all of our music so it's really up to them um, how they go about distributing it Mm. Um, so so that's sort of where it lies right now I can tell you that the tracks have been done for it um, for both soundtracks Um, it's just in their hands and you know part of some great strategic plan that I am not, not privy to (laughs) <laughs> Maybe they're making that's some far amazing. above my pay grade <laughs> yeah because I saw a um, I saw a um, a post on I think it might have been Kotaku um, 
near the start of the year about how you were planning to bring out the soundtrack for it on PSN. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you know which Twitter did something about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll I stay gotta... patient anyway. Yeah, yeah. I just I really hope that you do and that the rest of our fans do. Um, Sony can be kind of slow sometimes, but it's usually because they have it. You know, they have it as put in somewhere as part of some larger plan that they they have operating and. Um, I just want people to be patient, and I think you'll really enjoy it once it comes out, though. Sure. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, with the most recent the 3.0 software update for the PS3, uh, you can now get dynamic themes, which are the themes that are animated in the background. Yeah. Uh, would you ever consider bringing out like a flower one of those? Yes, definitely. And... Um, I'm wondering though, like how how you, what you guys think of them because it seemed like there was some sort of kind of negative response. Do I remember uh, the Pixel Junk Monsters one? Of just and I don't know in general. I think they're they're all like three dollars, right? They're all two ninety nine. Yeah, I think yeah, I've downloaded here. them all actually yeah. just to just to see what they were like. <laughs> so did you uh, did you think it was valuable or? Well, it depends how good they are. Some of them are truly awful. Like there's, uh, there are a couple which are just things on a loop over and over again. Uh, but at the moment, I'm using an iPad one, which is kind of cool, which has just got the little fluffy monster thing running backwards and forwards. And I think when it goes after 7 p.m., uh, the, the screen darkens and it, it, it goes to sleep on the floor. Oh, uh, uh, what's that called? So iPad. iPad? Okay, I'll check it out. So, yeah, that's kind of cool. But it's just, I don't think it needs to be that much. I think it would sell like hotcakes if it just had the, the flower, you know, branding logo-y stuff on it. And I'd definitely buy it because it's just, it's, it's great. But if you do make one, don't do the very annoying thing where whenever you move the analog stick from side to side, it makes a very annoying noise. Okay. Because some some people like to do it. So every time you move your left hand, it goes, Arr. Like that. And it's you, you literally, uh, whenever you're on the uh, cross media, you, know, you have to have your TV on mute because it's horrible. That does, yeah, that doesn't seem flowery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't imagine that. I wouldn't. I, w- I couldn't imagine that anyway with the with the petals. And the, and the Sounds like it's stressed <laughs> yeah, out. Exactly. Description. Uh, well, I think that's about it. I believe that's all the questions have been asked yeah. now. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us oh thanks so much for having me guys it was really a pleasure and uh, I'm sure we'll speak to you well probably probably not straight after you make an announcement about your game because you'll be very busy and you'll have lots of important people to speak to but we'll, we'll, we'll be here <laughs> we'll be here waiting when you get definitely hit me up I'd love to come back awesome okay thank you very much thank you very much also thank you